welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, the weekly show for nomads, work campers, RVers, and entrepreneurs looking to earn a living or build a business while enjoying the RV lifestyle. This week's host is Jim Nelson. Let's settle in and enjoy the RV Entrepreneur Podcast brought to you by RV Life. This episode is sponsored by Wholesale Warranties. Protecting your RV investment means being ready for anything. An extended RV warranty from Wholesale Warranties is the best way to make sure that if an RV failure happens, you can afford to get back to enjoying the RV life as soon as possible. RV warranties are available for motorhomes, fifth wheels, and travel trailers, new and used, across the U.S. Visit WholesaleWarranties.com for a free personalized RV warranty quote today and hit the road with peace of mind tomorrow. This episode is sponsored by RV Flex Repair. Don't let a damaged RV roof keep you from hitting the open road. RV Flex Repair by Ziolo is the perfect solution for RV owners who want to keep their vehicles in top condition. Our easy to use complete RV roofing system can be applied in just one coat and is compatible with other products for added flexibility. Plus, with a lifetime warranty and free shipping, you can have peace of mind knowing your RV roof will last as long as your own vehicle. Visit RVFlexRepair.com today and join the thousands of other satisfied RV owners who have already restored their roofs with RV Flex Repair. Hello again, you are listening to the RV Life Entrepreneur Podcast, the show for and by entrepreneurs loving the RV life. I'm Jim Nelson, your guide for today's ride. If you're roaming solo out there, you do not want to miss today's show because you're not alone. Well, you may be traveling alone, but that doesn't mean you have to feel lonely. Personally, I've never been a solo RVer. In fact, in my last episode, my wife Renee discussed plenty of tips for full-time RVing with your spouse. Check out RBE episode number 300 to hear how we've been doing it for the past 16 plus years. But I can only imagine how exciting it would be to travel solo. And I can't even imagine how challenging it might get sometimes, especially when it comes to connecting with others and finding that sense of community we all strive for. Well, our guest today has answers to all these questions. The Wandering Individuals Network was first founded in 1988 when seven single friends wanted to travel together. The WINS has since grown into a popular online community of solo RVers, van dwellers, and other individual nomads. With hundreds of members out there, you can often see them traveling together or connecting at gatherings around the country. Recently, Janelle Jones took over ownership and management of the organization. We're going to find out what the wins are all about, how the club is helping those RVing on their own, and why a retired cop would jump back into the working life while wandering as an individual on her own. Janelle, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you, Jim, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on here and talk with you. I'm really excited, too, because I want to learn more about the winds because we've seen them gathering at the winter resort we visit, uh, my wife and I, and other spots around the Southwest during the winter and all over the country. But listeners may have also seen the little iconic winds flag sticker on RVs or vans and wondered, what's that all about? But first, this is the RV Life Entrepreneur Podcast, so I have a couple quick questions that I like to ask all my guests. It's a, consider it kind of a lightning round. Short answers are fine. 
When did you first start your RV life and what does that look like now? The quick answer is I started in 2015, went full time in 2019. When I started out, it looked like a mess. And right now it's a lot better. Fantastic. And you know, to you, what is an entrepreneur or what does it take to be an entrepreneur? Not necessarily on the road, but what is entrepreneurism? If you'd have asked me three months ago, I'd have quickly looked up some definition out of a dictionary. I was a government worker. There's no entrepreneurship in government. You do exactly A and B and you get paid Friday at exactly 201 or whatever it is. So I didn't know that. To me now, an entrepreneur is somebody that wears every hat. You might get some money from it. You might not get money, but you keep going forward and you keep the enthusiasm because hopefully you're doing something that you want to do, something you love to do, and something that is really affecting and changing other people's lives, which I believe this club does. You know, I would totally agree with Everything you said there, and we as entrepreneurs do tend to do all of it, and we're going to get into that. But let's talk about the wins. What is the Wandering Individuals Network, and and how long has it been around? I'll go with the easy one first. It's been around 35 years. Wow. Yeah, it started with seven friends, single, sitting around a campfire, literally, traveling together because they're the only single ones that they all knew. And of course, you know, you get tired of the same seven people after a while, good friends or not. And they thought, why don't we make our own little club? As a single person, we've all sat at that wedding guest table or whatever table where there's eight chairs and the one beside you is always empty. So with that in mind, they decided we're just going to have a little club and they called it Wandering Individual Network, which is, we call it WINS, you know, WINS for short. The win is a solution to challenges, all right? Yes, it is an RV club for the solo traveler, but it is a solution-based club that addresses the three kind of immediate needs for any RV traveler, but especially the solo, because as a solo, you don't have anybody to bounce stuff off of. So if you're stuck or don't know what to do, you're kind of on your own. We address those needs the first day that you join us. Fantastic. The, the win, you said that there, that kind of explains the kind of the racing flag, the finish yeah. line flag. So now I understand that. Yes. And you may have kind of addressed this already, but what makes the wins so special? How is it different from all the other RV clubs out there? There are a lot of RV clubs out there and good ones too. And I belong to several of them, but the, the wins are different. Number one, because it's for solos. The other groups, the other RV clubs, of course, welcome you. They're we're very welcome to join any of their events, and we do. But we're still at that table for eight where we're sitting there by themselves. Everybody goes off to dinner, and the, you know the couples pair off and go to dinner. So we give a place for the single RV traveler to go immediately. We give them like-minded community, friends. Because the first time you walk up to a wind gathering, you're immediately with friends because we're all in the same boat. We want you to be there. You want to be there. So we offer that and we address the anxiety. When anybody who starts off RVing, I don't male, female, couples, not couples, it's, it's scary. You are literally driving off into a wild sure. blue yonder. Literally. Do that by yourself and do that driving a 30-foot RV with a car behind you. So we sure. address that anxiety. So you're addressing that specific niche of the solo RVer, and you know all, club, all clubs, like you said, welcome solo RVers, but then you might still kind of feel alone in that group. 
Is there a typical solo RVer or, or what kind of nomads make up the membership? There sort of is. Remember, this is just a, a, a general subculture of community. I was looking this up and in the RV business, which is an online magazine devoted to RV industry news, they had a couple of statistics, lots of statistics, actually. It was a good survey study done in 2022. 54% of RVers are 55 and older. 59% of them are female. Interesting little side note, 46% of RVers are 18 to 34. I would have never guessed that, that there's that many young living in an RV. And my club tends to fall in that 55 and over with a hair more females than males. When you go on one of our trips, it may be nine women and two men. And the next time you go, it's seven men and four women, you know, 30 men and six women. So again, like in society at large, we're all over the place. Thanks for sharing those stats. Did I miss when that study was or, or the source so I can put it in the show notes? Sure. It was RV Business, which is an online magazine devoted to industry news. And it was a study done in 2022. Wonderful. So it is pretty recent. And that kind sure. of explains the younger demographic that's ramping up because yep. we've been on the road here 16 years and noticed just especially over the past few years, more and more younger RVers out there. But since it's been around 35 plus years and you've been RVing since 2015, full-time 2019, lots of numbers there, when and why did you first join the club? I started RVing in 2015. And like everybody else, I did my bucket list. You know, I'm going to go to the Grand Canyon. I'm going to go to Bar Harbor, which interesting enough, little side note, when I got my RV, I didn't know where to go. I literally opened a map, shut my eyes, turned the map around a few times, true story, and put my finger on the map. And it was Maine. And I'm like, great, I'm going to Bar Harbor, Maine. That was my first trip to Bar Harbor, Maine. Stayed there three months. So like every new RVer, I go out and I do all my bucket list stuff that I think I want to do. And then after that, you're like, well, okay, it's been a year. Now what? And I have this RV sitting here. Now what? So I went home and the RV sat in the driveway and I'm like, all right, I want to go somewhere else. So I started looking online. Surely I'm not the only woman traveling in an RV by myself. And I found the winds and I drove to meet them and have been traveling with them on and off ever since. And since 2019, when I bought the club, I've been with them ever since traveling. So you say you, know, you bought this club fairly recently. How did that opportunity arise to purchase an organization like this? And, and why did you decide to take it over? Again, as a government employee, I'm not used to going off. I'm not a risk taker. You'd think being in the government it would be, but I am not a risk taker. I am used to a policy manual that tells you exactly where and what you're supposed to do. But when I started traveling with this club, I knew I was one of the younger ones and I knew I had a lot of energy to bring, a lot of new ideas, kind of modernize it, if you will. The previous owner, I think I'm the fourth owner, the previous owner, fabulous guy, did a lot with it. I mean, when he first got it, they were mailing out newsletters, you know, copying them black and white, mailing out newsletters. So he did a lot, got the business online, which, you know, now is like standard, but it wasn't 10 years ago, 12 years ago when he got it. So I knew that I could take it to the next level. And he was getting a little older and, and just, you know, COVID happened. So that was kind of a hit for the club. And then this club with an older, a little bit older demographic, they just naturally age out. So the membership turns 
every couple of years it turns, the older ones go out, newer, younger ones. And I don't mean age-wise. I just mean new to the club, younger, when sure. I say younger, come in. So just the timing was kind of right for this. And I paced my 35-foot RV back and forth and back and forth, scared of what I was going to do because I'd never done something like this. So I approached him and he, he, you know, we talked on and off for about a year and, and finally came to an agreement in March of this year. And you've been retired a few years now and you mentioned you did government work, but what type of work was that? And why did you decide to jump back into working practically full time to manage an organization like this? Yeah. Yeah. I thought I would do a couple hours a week. Right. I retired in 2015 as 26 years as a cop. I was oh, wow. a cop in South Florida. I worked hard and was fortunate and made my way all the way up the ladder and retired as a major. So the government had taught me over the years all kind of business. Now, we don't generally think of cops as a business, but it is. I, I mean, there's cars to buy and gas to put in and a building to maintain and we got to buy pencils. It's a regular business once you take the patrolling guys and detectives everybody sees on TV. There's a whole business behind there. And I was in the business part of it. I was a cop, but I chose the ladder of business. So I had all this business background and I knew that I could take all of this and scale it way down. My budget was 63 million when I left and it is nowhere near that now. So I knew I could take all that business sense, scale it down, ramp up the marketing. And I knew I could really do something with the club. And I like to say I didn't jump back into work. Because, yes, it's work, but I really feel like I'm changing people's lives. I know I keep saying that only because it changed mine. I certainly enjoyed RVing before, but now I embrace and I thrive in this RVing life because of being in this club, because of everything I've learned. And I want to offer that to other people, especially women that were just like me, had the energy, had the know-how, had the guts to do it. But, you know, where do you go that first night? Where do you go that third night? After you've been in the Grand Canyon a week, now what? I wanted to help people address that. I think that's what being an entrepreneur is all about, or at least for me, being a successful entrepreneur is helping others, addressing a need, finding that purpose and serving others to help them. And if you do that, you're going to do it well, then you're going to make money. But how many members are there now in the wins? I would say right now, as we sit here, there's about 250 Over the years, there's been thousands. I mean, thousands have come through the doors. Our membership number, you know, start at one and and go up. Our membership number is like at 5,229. And so with some glitches probably worked in the math. So there's been thousands go through the door of this club. So I noticed the Facebook group that you have, there's you know thousands of members. So that might just Mm -hmm. be kind of a transient membership. They come, they join, and then they might drop off, but they're still in the group. I guess so. I, I'm not sure, okay. but we've got a large following in that Facebook group. You know, people Certainly. that lurk, and also maybe it's people that are are scared to pull the trigger, scared to get that RV, scared to leave the campground they've been sitting in for a month. So I like to think they lurk around us and try to pick up some of that positive energy because they see all the fun stuff that we're out doing. So running a community myself, I'm going to take a detour here real quick and and go down a side road. You've got a member section on the website. So I I found the Facebook group, but is there resources available that are private to members on the website? There is. Once you join, it's a membership-based club. Once you join, 
you get behind that wall, if you will, into the membership section. And that's where you see exactly where the trips are. I think we've got nine going this year. You see exactly where to go, where to park, the GPS, and even, you know, four, five, ten things of what might be fun to do in that area. Is there a, a platform there as well for engagement with other members on the site? Or is that saved for the Facebook or the social media or the in-person thing? It's Facebook, Instagram. We have those, of course. All, you know, YouTube, we've got all that. But no, there's no interchange in behind that wall. No, it is strictly just the information. But as a member, you get access to the locations, the meetups, the gatherings, and that sort of thing. You mentioned, um, you know, taking this club to the next level. How do you grow a community, presumably made up of independent, free-spirited nomads? Great question and great challenge because I can't get these people, free spirit's the right word, I can't right. get them to commit to a location or a date. I, if I'm giving away money, I can't get them to commit. But that's okay because the club long ago realized we're not going to fight this. We're going to work with it. We're going to embrace it. So that's why one of the reasons that once you get behind that paywall, it's exactly who, where, what, when, what you're going to pay each night so that you show up when you want. We put the circuit together. We, we call it a circuit, the travel itinerary. We put it together. You show up when you want. You leave when you want. We may be going like right now we've got a group going to Idaho, Washington, Oregon. If you don't want to do Washington because you've done it a bunch, skip it. Do Idaho, leave, come back, pick up in Oregon. So that is one of the great benefits we have. And that is how you grow a community of free spirits. As soon as someone joins, we address some of their challenges, all right, which I've mentioned before, the friends, the where to go, and the anxiety of it. If you want to go, say, Florida to Maine, that's great. Sounds fabulous. Great East Coast trip. And you can get there about six days if you drive hard. You can totally do it. But why don't you stop on the way and see Savannah? Why don't you stop and see the Outer Banks? Why don't you go to Manhattan for the day? So... If I can convey to them, this is what you can get. This is the value that you can have in this club. That's how you not tame a free spirit, but you corral the herd of cats into going up the East Coast together. So when, when they're traveling together, and I've seen them gather at a resort in the Southwest, like I said, but is there an agenda or content at these meetings? Are there any sort of like, you know, content that you're delivering about certain challenges about dumping tanks or fixing blade valves or changing tires. What happens at these events? We have a meeting every day at four o'clock and we address what we're going to do the next day. We have like, you know, a whiteboard or a post-it note or something on one of the rigs. And we talk about we're going to hike or bike or go to a museum tomorrow or whatever we're going to do, have a potluck dinner. And uh, then if somebody wants to bring up or we're all having a problem with, you know, the black tank valve. Isn't it funny? All RVers always talk about the black tank. <laughs> always it always comes down to that. <laughs> we usually have a one of the days where we say, hey, bring in a tip. Come to the meeting prepared with a tip that other RVers might want to know about. So we do have that. But going back to that free spirit, our meetings every day, one meeting a day, is to talk about what happened that day and what we're going to do the next day and perhaps enjoy an adult beverage. So it sounds a bit more social rather than structured rallies I've been to where there's a conference on, say, 
social media marketing for RVers, that sort of thing. What do you tell people who might think the Winds is a singles club or more of a dating scene? I am so glad that you asked me that because that comes up quite a bit. It used to come up so much. I was embarrassed to say I'm joining a singles RV club because that's not what I joined it for. When I bought the club, one of the first things I did was change it, the wording from Singles RV Club. I rebranded it to RV Club for the Solo Traveler. Big difference between singles and solos, right? Yes. And while most of us are single through widow, divorce, never sure. married, whatever, we do have some people that are married that travel solo. You can't travel you know, as a couple, but... Because for whatever reason, their significant other doesn't want to travel, can't travel. And so they're welcome. They're, they're certainly welcome as well. However, you know, that's not a singles club, no. But, you know, when you have the birds and the bees, you know, there, there will be honey at some times. And listen, I'm not the, the whole bedroom monitor. You do what you need to do as an adult. But I will tell you this. If you are looking for a mate that is active. And, and mate is a big word. It could be sure. a travel mate, a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, somebody to hang out with, whatever. Same sex, different sex. If you are looking for to find someone in your age range that likes to travel, is active, you can become friends with them. You can see what they're like in a group setting. And we do have people that pair off either as a romantic or as like these three ladies have the same travel style and they kind of pair off and kind of do their thing and, and they're their own little subculture within our group. Sounds like it's more about making connections than hookups. You know, you're just putting like minds together and being like letting the free spirits roam, like you said. That's exactly what it is. And going back to your point about being structured rally, Remember, this group, we're not a week here and there. We go three or four months at a time. Now, you can do a week here and, a week here and there, but we have lots of members that go three or four. Me, I'm one of them. I'll go three or four months, take a month off, and then join right back up and go another three or four months. This is our life. So we need down days for, for to do laundry, to just hang out at our house, to clean the house. So you can go every day with, you know, when we have those meetings, there's something to do almost every single day, but you don't have to. We want it to be social. We are traveling with our neighborhood, if you will, with our friends. And so much like your friends, when you live in a sticks and bricks house or you're, you live in the same town as your family, you don't come together every single day, all day. No, you, you have meetups and you live your life normally. That's the same, same way with us. You know, that really sounds great. But back to the uh, entrepreneur side, the business side mm -hmm. of things, we talked about how the demographics of the group has changed. Mm -hmm. Taking this on, how are you attracting the growing number of younger nomads and RVers out there? Yes, that honestly was an easy one because when the when I bought the club, they had the Facebook group and they had a website that was created 10 years ago. And Pretty much it stayed like it was 10 years ago. It was very dated. It was great for when it was done. That's great. But it was very dated. So the first thing I did was completely change that website, modernize it, a lot of white space, because that's <laughs> you know what's in right now. I got an Instagram page going. I changed kind of the look of the Facebook group, changed the questions, how you can be admitted. I got us on Instagram. I hired a social media person who's fabulous. Shout out to Alyssa who's great and really has grown the Instagram account. And I got all kind of uh, leads from that. 
I got us on YouTube. We have all these fabulous videos of us hiking in the Pocono Mountains and nothing to do with them. So I got us on YouTube. I established a Google business page for us. I got us on Yelp so that we could get reviews. And slowly but surely, all of that is attracting a customer base that is social media savvy. That could be a 30-year-old. It could be a 70-year-old. It, you know, it just, if they are social media savvy, they will find us. And that is attracting more people who are, are demographic, if you will. So Janelle, we talked a couple of times about, you know, taking the group to the next level and you've done so much with the wins in such a short time. What's the next step? Where are you going with the wins from here? What can members expect to see in the future? I want to grow the club organically. I want to have people that want to be in this club. We're looking at Baja for 2024. And I just found that there's a whole bike trail, East Coast to West Coast. And so I'm going to start building a circuit around that so we can ride bikes, those who want to, from the East Coast of the United States to the West Coast. And then I've got Alaska for 2025. I hope to start offering kind of standalone for some of the former members, like a standalone week here and there that want to come visit but can't travel anymore. So there's lots happening, lots of growth and an upward trajectory, if you will. Oh, for sure. So these circuits, those are like the plans, the the itineraries where people can kind of hop in and out and join and meet up along the way. And then you have a number of these circuits on the website. And then once people join, they can get access to where those dates are and, and, and actually join you. Right. That's what when you join, that's what you get is the where to go, where your new friends are at and what can we do to make you feel more comfortable and secure. You've definitely been busy and congratulations because in a matter of months, it sounds like you've brought the winds into the age of social media and connections that happen in the virtual space. Mm -hmm. So what other challenges have you faced kind of managing and marketing a virtual product that no one's ever going to actually see and touch to total strangers? Yeah, that is a challenge. So I'm not sending them a box. You know, there's nothing they open up, okay? I'm selling them a service, all right? Well, that's fine, but what do I get for my service? And I get that question. What what do I get? I want to see what I'm getting beforehand. So my challenge is I have to make sure that I convey clearly and concisely what that challenge is. I have to address what their fears are, what they need before they even can kind of put it in words. They think they want somewhere to go. They think, well, I want to go to the Grand Canyon. I don't know where to go. But going back on my own experience, what it really is, is yes, number one, where do I go and where do I stay? I've already done all my friends and my bucket list, you know, Grand Canyon. Now, where do I go? Where do I stay? So I I make sure that I clearly communicate. We'll tell you where to go and where to stay. Then I clearly convey to them that they don't even know yet. They need friends. They need a like-minded community. When I first start with said I'm going to go RVing, my family and friends about died. My mom set me down. I'm 60 years old, or 55 then. My mom set me down and asked me if my money was okay. My sister called and talked to me about serial killers. All right, so that's true. That is a true story. <laughs> family so, does that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So that's the second, and, and and they might not the RVer may not even realize that. So I tell them I'm going to give you somewhere to go. 
I'm going to give you friends. You're I'm going to put you around the club. I say me, but the club is going to put you around like-minded people. So you don't, you're not crazy for driving a six 30 foot RV across the country by yourself. And thirdly, I tell them we're going to address your anxiety and your being afraid, maybe for your security, but just afraid and being afraid of, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. So to me, if I can address that, market that clearly and concisely, they sign right up. They, they join because they're like, you're right. I am kind of scared. I don't know where to go. I have done that bucket list. I've got this 150,000 or 70,000 RV sitting in the driveway. I need to do something with it. Well, you sound like you've been an entrepreneur forever because that's a golden nugget for anyone listening out there. Addressing the challenges of your potential clients is what you need to do. So let's talk about those fears and challenges that these people face. What kind of crazy things have happened to you on the road alone and events that might have occurred that you know you kind of have a challenge dealing with when you're not as a couple? So I want to address one thing as an entrepreneur, me being new to this, okay, something that happened to me just here recently, that a challenge that I face in this new world of mine. You know, in the government world, if there's a problem, you go to tab B, paragraph B, paragraph three, subsection B, and you read it. I'm to do this. Structure. Very structured. I had a, a lady join recently, my exact target audience. A lady joined recently. She called me. We talked. She joined. She went to a stop, a scheduled stop, where exactly where she was supposed to be. She got there, and for some reason, no one else was there. No one was on that stop. She went inside the business. They didn't know anything about us. So, yes, I addressed her where to go, what to do, but I failed her miserably on friends, and I failed her on anxiety. And then to top it off, to go one step further, I'm in Jackman, Maine, and my service was splotchy in and out, so she couldn't even call me. She was calling me for two days. And I saw on Facebook that she said, hey, I need help, and I couldn't even respond to her on Facebook. So that was a really hard, big challenge as an entrepreneur. What do I do? How, how do I fix this? So once I was able to get a hold of her, I apologized, told her what probably happened and said, help me fix this. How do I fix this for the next person in your shoes? What do I do? I have a new member checklist. So with her help, I added on there what to do in case this happens. So that as an entrepreneur, that was something that just happened to me that was crazy. We learn the best from our mistakes, you know, fail, fail again, fail harder and fail better. And we, we learn from those and move on. We what did. other challenges might have you personally experienced that have been challenging okay. as a solo RVer? Yes, as a solo RVer. Yes. So my RV is 36 feet and I have a car, you know, behind me. So I'm about 60 feet going down the road. That's important to hear. So, you know, if you get lost when you're driving with an RV and somebody's in the passenger seat, they can tell you and help you, whatever. When you're driving all this, you're by yourself. If the GPS says right, you go right. So I was trying right. to find a little state park and I don't know, it was a dirt road, gravel dirt road, which sometimes they are. So I wasn't worried at first at all. And then I started noticing the first clue was the GPS was spinning. Just go. I'm like, I've never seen a GPS spin before. That's, that's odd. So I kept going, kept going. And I realized I am in trouble. I am in the country. I want you to picture this. It is a dirt road. I'm by myself. I'm at 60 feet of RV. There is not one turnoff, not a driveway, not an open field. On both sides of me is cows, a ditch, and electric fences. 
eight miles, I went like that, eight miles. I didn't see anybody. I didn't see a house. My cell phone wouldn't work. I didn't know who to call anyway. My cell phone wouldn't work. Finally, a truck with a cow trailer passes me. I'm like waving. Oh, stop. He waved at me and kept on going. Okay. So I'm like, all right. So somebody, there's something there. He came from somewhere. So I kept going. And what do I see? A wooden bridge. This is straight out of a movie, isn't it? I see a wooden bridge with wooden slats. I get out and I look and I look down and there's water down there. You know, I don't know. It seemed like 300 feet, but it's probably like 30 feet. (laughs) It's probably like 30 feet. So I measure my my mirror to mirror and I'm about two inches short to go through that bridge. Mirror to mirror. And I can't get the mirrors in. I like pull. I can't get the mirrors in. So I'm sitting there thinking, do I back all the way up eight miles? Do I t- undo the car, take the car back, ride the bike back, get the RV back up eight miles? And I finally thought, nope, I'm going over the bridge. I put my purse on me, opened the window on the driver's side on the RV, said a prayer to God, and drove through the bridge. If the wind- mirrors break you. off, the mirrors break off. And it was fine. It worked out fine. And my mirrors didn't scratch or anything. But let me tell you, it had to be an inch on each side because I don't know how I didn't hit. And sure enough, I come out of that bridge and there's the main road. I just took a left. I didn't know to go right or left. I just went left. I was just like, ah, I made it. (laughs) Fantastic. So if anything, it sounds like the winds can provide a sense of community and gathering space to share those horror stories and get the tips from others to help yourself through the next ones or pass along the way sage wisdom to others who are new to the group. Do you have three quick tips that you might tell a new RVer hitting the road alone these days? I do. You know, if I'd have been in the winds when I did that with that bridge on that dirt road, <laughs> they would have told me. They would have said, don't, or take a hard left as soon as you come in. It's the, the road is hidden. So that addresses that anxiety right there. I do have three quick tips. And these are tips that are different, I like to think, from everyone else. This is what I especially tell the women when they're starting out. Buy a number two drill bit or screwdriver. I don't, I don't even know what it was. You go in the store, you'll, you know, you'll find it. A number two, that fits almost every screw on the inside of your RV. Sure. Number two, get a tire monitor and a portable tire air compressor thing. Because if you're on the side of the road by yourself, first of all, your tire monitor will tell you there's something wrong with your tire. And you can put some air in yourself and limp to somewhere if you had to. Even if it's flat, you can stop every 10 minutes. And then my third one would be join an RV club. If it's not mine, fine. I'd like you to join mine. But join an RV club. You will learn so much. And if you've been RVing a long time by yourself, you will go places that you haven't been before. Or you'll be going with friends and you'll do more. You do more when you're with an RV club. You know, and you, when you do more, you enjoy life more. And that's the whole reason we're out there living this RV life. Do you have anything specific to share that we might have missed? No. I would just encourage you, just piggybacking right there on what you said. This lifestyle, especially as we get older, keeps you off the couch, keeps you out in front of the TV. We have 70-year-olds that can... Last year, May of last year, I hiked the Wave in Utah with two 70-year-old men that I managed to keep up with. So this <laughs> lifestyle, it's a fabulous lifestyle. It really is. And in an RV club... You learn to enjoy it instead of endure it. 
You will be off the couch. You will not be watching that TV. And it will literally add years to your life, especially if you're in the last 10 years, you know, before you are too old, to, in your opinion, before you're too old to drive. Some of the RVers we have, this is their last big hurrah of their, sure. of their life. And so I'm so happy that we have an RV club that can give them this. You know, it's it's so true. You do enjoy it more when you get to share it more. And when you're traveling solo, the club allows you to share it with others. So where is the best place for anyone interested to learn more about the wins? Well, you know what? Just have them email me directly. It's wins RV club, W-I-N-S RV club at gmail.com. That way I can talk to them specifically, email their questions. And of course, you know, we have Facebook and, and our website tells all about the trip. So they can they can certainly get a hold of me and I'll call and talk to them personally. Thank you for that. That really proves how personal and intimate this community is. I mean, a lot of businesses aren't going to give out that sort of information and contact their members directly. My wife and I do that because we have our own special kind of niche community that with certain people that need kind of hand-holding in their life and we help mm -hmm. them out. So all of that information, if you don't mind, is going to be in the show notes. And I wanted to thank you for joining me. Yes. Thank you, Jim. I really appreciate this opportunity. I think that there's a strong, small, but strong segment of society, the RV society that needs this club. Well, the next time we're out traveling and we see that little flag, we might flag you down and find you and say hi. Please do, Jim. Please do. Happy travels, Janelle. Thank you. You as well. So if you're a solo nomad, the next time you see that wind sticker on a van or RV, go over and introduce yourself. You'll clearly be welcomed into the community of like-minded folks who can address any challenges you may face while traveling alone. Want more info? Visit wanderingindividualsnetwork.com or give Janelle a call. That's just amazing. Check the show notes for all the links and we'll catch up with you down the road. Speaking of which, what do you want to hear about on the RV Life Entrepreneur Podcast? Got a unique story to share about growing your own business on the road? Let us know in the RV Entrepreneur Facebook group or at therventrepreneur.com.